This is it, the time to step up and shift your life in the direction you need it to go. Hi, my name is Amira, and I started connecting through Memoirs Podcast March 30th, 2020. Why? Because during the COVID-19 global pandemic, most of us are at home not knowing what will happen next. I wanted to create a platform where life stories from people all over the world at different chapters in their life can be shared for you to listen to and be impacted by. You are not alone. Welcome to Connecting Through Memoirs. Okay, get ready people. You are about to listen to an amazing interview I had with 19-year-old Ryan all the way from Pennsylvania. Have a listen as to how the self-proclaimed happy guru battled being diagnosed at only age 10 with severe depression to now volunteering in her community and giving back to others in a big way. And now, here's the interview. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Connect Mars with your host, Ida coming all the way from St. Martin. Today, my guest is the lovely, amazing, and very giving Rihanna, all the way from Pennsylvania, which is amazing. So (laughs) it's now three o'clock in the afternoon here, Eastern Standard Time, so you know what time it is. And if you hear chickens in the background, it's because I am real, this is not a studio, I am (laughs) inside an area a whole lot of stuff is going on, but we're not going to leave that distract us with this awesome interview. So, hi, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It's a pleasure. I'm excited to be able to answer these questions. Awesome. So speaking of the question, the one you chose you wanted to talk about was, what is the difference between living and existing? What is the difference between living and existing? And I mean, you went straight to the good juice. (laughs) That's a good topic there. So tell me a little bit about yourself, why you chose... Well, let me, let me first ask, why did you choose this question? So for the longest time, I was just existing and it really opened my eyes that I don't want to be just existing. I want to be able to feel like I'm living. And mm-hmm. I struggled with a lot of mental health situations in the past. Mm-hmm. And mental health can definitely have an effect as to whether you're living or you're just existing. And mm-hmm. it made me feel like for the longest time all I was doing was existing there was no point there was no purpose and finding that purpose helped change my perspective from just existing to actually living and enjoying life and being able to do things that I love and be able to give back to this community that I live in Mm, mm. and what was that purpose that you found I have found that I enjoy speaking out with others and helping them find their Mm. own little spurts of positivity, finding their own forms of happiness. Um, And what type of platform, how, how do you do this when you speak to others to help them? What do you do? So one of the things that I do is I have a happiness coffee drink that I take personally that helps Mm -hmm. it based off of nootropics 
um, that enhance the dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins that are your our typical happy hormones. Mm. Um, but I don't just do that. I also help other people finding their own happy. I'm, I, I consider myself a happiness guru. Nice. Um, Nice. That's that's a good type of guru to be, Ryan. That's a good type of guru to be. And and how is it that you feel like you can relate to someone if they go, I am not happy right now with my life and I don't know what to do. So if someone has to come to your uh, presence and say that being the happy guru that you are, how will you necessarily approach a person saying something like that? I personally I have my own history of mental health. I've been diagnosed with depression. I know that it's not always happy sunshines every single day. That's just a part of life. However, it's how we approach those days when we're not happy that mm -hmm. really leads us to our own personal happiness. Happiness mm. is different for everyone. Yes. What brings me joy does not bring you joy. It's really a self-discovery path journey that each person has to undertake. I just mm -hmm. help guide them with tools that help mm -hmm. me find my own happiness nice. to help them find their own happiness. Um, nice, nice. And what would be an example of a tool that you would start with? So I like to talk about each person's interests or things that they were interested in the past. So I would talk to somebody and try to assess, hey, what is it that you do in your free time? What brings you joy? Mm -hmm. um, this can be different for everyone. It could be reading, coloring, playing video games. It could be doing math, mm -hmm. hanging out with animals. It's different for everybody. Um, true, true. So they find, you ask them that and they go, okay, I like to ride horses. What then will be the next thing that you say? So I know as somebody who, a big thing that blocked me from reaching my happiness for the longest time is I wasn't in a financial state where I could go out and ride a horse. I can't afford mm -hmm. that. Um, but, you know, today we have so many amazing resources online. You mm -hmm. could go watch live streams of horses running. I know that Assateague Island is a place with, it's in Virginia Beach. It has wild horses. I'm sure wow. there's videos of this online. Mm -hmm. I try to help people know that when they are feeling low, there mm -hmm. is alternatives to reaching what they want in their lives. That's good. So you try to help them from the outside, see something that they probably can't see because they're in it. Yes. And it's hard to see when you're in the mess that yes. there is life after mess, right? Yeah. As somebody who struggled with looking at the life after the mess, mm. I can agree that it can be hard. And sometimes you need that outside person looking in to mm -hmm. show you that it's not yes. as messy as you think it is. Sometimes yep. it helps to just talk about the problems. What's going on mm -hmm. that has you feeling this way? Yep, yep. And what if, I don't know, have you ever had an experience where you just couldn't help anyone? Where they were just to a point where whatever you said 
however you try to encourage them that it was going in one ear. It wasn't even going in one ear. It just was just bouncing off. And they were like, I'm at a point where I'm gonna walk off a bridge. Like, have you ever had an experience like that with someone? I have had experiences where there have been people who told me that they didn't want to live anymore, that mm. they were at the end of their ropes, they were they were done. Mm. Um, I can encourage and encourage and encourage people to reach out for help. I can show them the tools to use. I can help them as best as I can. Mm -hmm. um, however, I can't, you can lead a horse to water, yep. but you yep. can't force them to drink. That's it. I can encourage them to be happy. I can encourage mm -hmm. them with the alternative sources, but at the end of the day, I cannot force anyone to be happy. That is exactly. how I deal with not being able to help people. I mm. have to accept that I can't save everyone. I can't. I hear you. And that's very admirable, you know, because coming from a place of, from what you explained that you were dealing with your own depression and you found your ways of coming from out of the mess to see that there is life after mess. And then now probably feeling like, I can relate to everyone in the mess. And yeah. if I got out, you can too. And then someone goes, no, no, there's no, I'm not getting out. And if you can get caught up with trying to convince them. Yeah. You know, you know, have that back and forth, like, yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but. And, and did you from in the beginning already your mind, I can't help anyone or, or did that come after trying and, and failing with certain people that you just was like, you know, it can't work for everybody. When I met my first experience with somebody that it would go in one ear, out the other, they weren't listening to the resources I was trying to give them. Yeah. I felt awful because mm. I couldn't help them, yeah. but all you can really do is provide resources and such. You can't make anyone use the resources. Yep. Yep. So then you realize that for yourself after like, you know, yeah, there's only so much you can do. Yeah. You know, unfortunately. Now, if you had to say based on your experience with depression and the means that you use to control that and the fact that it's so admirable that you want to help people because you're in a different place now and you're not where you're used to be. So at what point in time did you notice that you were existing and not living? I think I noticed when I was existing and not living almost a few months ago. Mm. Um, I am only 19 years old and I've gone mm. through all these experiences. Imagine. I've been living on my own with my fiance mm -hmm. and I realized that at first it was great because you know you're excited that you moved in with your fiance and all that mm -hmm. fun stuff you're an adult and all this great stuff's going on <laughs> exactly. but then the glamour of it all kind of fell apart and I'm like I came to this point where I realized I'm not living, I'm just existing. I'm getting through each day, I'm doing the exact same thing each and every day. I wake up, mm -hmm. go to my nine to five, I come home, I take care of the house. And I, I just, 
mm. felt like I wasn't doing what I needed to be doing to feed my soul. Mm. I was just doing mm. what I was told. Um, that was when I made the switch to try to reach out and help people in any ways possible. I began mm. volunteering. I volunteer at a local cat cafe as well mm -hmm. as a food bank. Um, nice. I give back to my community. Um, yeah. When I started giving back and providing help, I was feeding my spiritual soul. Mm -hmm. And like I felt happier. I felt better. And I just mm. noticed that that was when the shift from existing to living occurred. When I was able to give back and do things that I enjoy. Nice. So you, at 19, went through a whole lot more than some people probably go through their entire lives. <laughs> and you still want to give back as a solution to what you were going through because you couldn't really figure out how to come out of it. So yeah. instead of wallowing in poor me, you were like, let me help someone come out of their mess. And then hopefully I can come out of my mess at the same time or after. And bada beam and what you said is true when real life hits with your fiance or the fantasy of the idea of what it would be like hits you and go oh wait this is not it that can form a little depression as well mm -hmm. you know? yeah that that too so have you ever taken medication for your depression yes i mm. have gone i've so i was first diagnosed with med depression back in 2010. Mm. I am 19 now, so I was only 10 years old when I was I was gonna say, wow, um, 10 years old. Mm. And from the age of 10, when I first got that first diagnosis, I got hit with a lot of trauma and like, life was just building me up for mm. the person mm. I am today, the person mm. that is able to give back to her community. Um, someone who wants to help others. Got you. At 10 though, how do you know that it's not just a little preteen tantrum or a little post whatever drama stuff because you were 10? So how, who diagnosed you? I was diagnosed with a psychiatrist or psychologist. I really struggle Somebody with the Somebody with a P, begins with a P. <laughs> yeah. Um, so at 10 years old, I discovered that the father I was living with was not my biological father. Um, and I was dealing with the custo custodial wars between my biological father and my mother. And there was a lot of traumatizing things that were said to me that made me feel worthless and not very good. <laughs> um, mm. And so that was definitely the beginnings of the traumas that I went through growing up. Mm. I can't say a whole bunch of bad things about my childhood because even though I did end up getting diagnosed with depression at such a young age, mm -hmm. it wasn't the worst thing. You know, I still was able mm. to sometimes go out with friends. It was just mm. harder for me to feel happy about doing things with my friends. Mm. I would spend a lot of time inside the house. My friends mm. would come over to my house all the time. Right. Um, it was just, I think I grew up in a way differently than what you would see on TV. <laughs> um, mm. Yeah, yeah, got you, got you. And, and would you say 
the pills helped or what was it pills or drinks what what was the medication um i was taking a uh i was taking prozac for a while that mm -hmm. did not help i went through a variety of different medications and trying to discover mm -hmm. like what works best um, I yeah. went through several hospitalizations <laughs> trying mm -hmm. to get myself the help that I needed to mm -hmm. be emotionally, you know, okay. Um, yeah. And I think, I know for a while there I stopped completely taking medications because I just felt so drugged up that mm -hmm. I wasn't feeling anything at all wow. not happiness like not sadness i was just a zombie like wow and it's um, supposed to help you but it was kind of messing you up at that point there was like six different medications like mm. just every day you would have to take this for this this for that that for this this for mm. another thing it wow. got really crazy mm. um of course of course so I, what so what would you say a side effect was with so much medication would you say you noticed something in your body that was just too much to a point where you said i have to stop like so with taking behavioral medications mm -hmm. there is a side effect that causes physical aggression and just mm -hmm. anger mm. that was when i decided I can't be on these medications any longer. One of yeah. the, I don't know whether it was one or the mix of all like medications, but there was a point in time when I was just blowing up on everyone. It was like a mm. battlefield was raging inside of me. It was got awful. You, got you, got you, got you. And then you noticed that rage and anger and you were like, that's not me. Yeah. I stopped all the medications. I it took six months for the medications to finally like wane completely. Mm. I mm. felt a lot of kind of I was shaking a lot because of withdrawal symptoms withdrawal. and such. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I I wasn't me even during those six months when I stopped taking the medications. But after I got through that period. Mm -hmm. then it just it felt better gotcha gotcha um, yeah, yeah. So it, it definitely felt better to, it took six months for all that stuff to really come out your system yeah pretty much wow yeah. well six pills a day at that age yeah, yeah. it goes in the bloodstream quicker because you're younger so it sucks everything up i mm -hmm. guess and then it comes out so now here you are at that age dealing with i mean was would you say it would be wise for someone in depression to medicate so i am back on two medications now and okay. i feel pretty good on those two medications and what sometimes, are they sometimes what are they mm -hmm. i take zoloft for the depression and then i take trazodone just to help me sleep because at night i'm up just super anxious as okay. i messaged you in two in the morning um <laughs> yeah um, i know right? <laughs> mm -hmm. so what is that some anxiety or just my mind up? is just never at rest um mm -hmm. and currently with the stuff that's going on today with the corona and yeah it's a scary okay. world right now Ooh. <laughs> yeah 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 today i was 
I observed an entire fight over toilet paper. And I just, wow. <laughs> this wow. was the world we live. <laughs> wow. This is the world we live in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right now it's upside down with everything. It oh, yeah. is literally crazy. And that's why a lot of people need people to talk to right now. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Really and I'm glad that there's things about. like Zoom that we have to yeah. Yeah, because the reasons why I love to do this podcast this way versus just us on the phone is because we I can see you, you can see that I'm listening to you, you can see that I'm involved in a conversation, I can see you and then I can then show you that I'm, 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 I'm receiving what you're saying, it's a feedback. So when the audience hears this podcast, it's going to be a different tone. It's not going to be like a mundane, oh yeah, there was on the phone talking because whatever. No, you can hear, hey, it's like they were in the same room. It's like, yeah. you know, like we was right there next to each other just having a conversation because, you know, and I don't know personally if more people are going to do interviews like this, but I think it's a really good idea to just bridge that gap of just only audio only, but then also... Mm-hmm. Let me see who I'm talking to so I know they're they're there with me, you know, listening and everything like that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. But I commend you definitely for, first of all, like, I'm done on the pills. I mean, yo, that is gangster. <laughs> that, that is gangster. It mm-hmm. definitely took a while before I finally reached that point. But then when I did, it... Mm-hmm made me feel so so much better yeah i mean it's it's the first step of bravery and then at that age i mean you're still way before 19 you're before 18 you're like still there so what do you also go to maybe a psychiatrist a psychologist to deal with the hurtful stuff that was said to you at that age i went through a lot of therapy within the years following Mm -hmm. Um, I stopped going to therapy when I entered the work workforce, just due mm. to the fact that I was trying to work for my keep. I now have the apartment that I live in that I have to pay for. I have all these bills that at this moment, mm-hmm. I feel that I need to personally process my traumas on a more That's- personal, like, I need to take care of this myself, you know? Gotcha. I yeah. have the tools, I know the tools that I need to do to do this. Because I've gone through gotcha. so many years of therapy, I've been mm-hmm. told the same things multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely would like to go back at some point just due to the fact that another trauma occurred. Not recently, but a year ago, I watched my mom pass away. And that was an insane Mm -hmm. moment in my life. I haven't fully processed it. I knew it was going to happen. Um, She's had heart issues. It was just when it happened, Mm -hmm. it was like, whoa, this is happening. Um, So I haven't gone to therapy to process that. So I don't know if Mm -hmm. the therapies for processing loss are the same as processing these hurtful words 
because it's kind of a different right. thing. I, mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah, no, different ball game. Yeah. Um, so you know, you know, on the one hand, the reality is the reality of you hearing these hurtful words, the reality, so it's not like I can't pretend it didn't happen. And then on the other hand, it's the unfortunate death of your mom that that is a reality, but it's also a disconnect on, did that really just happen? No, that didn't just happen. I don't think that just happened. Let me just hold off on that part. Let me just do this. It, yeah. it, it is like a disconnect. I, I, I personally had that when my daughter was born. When my daughter was born, it was super traumatic for me. Um, I almost died with, um, with the birth. Yeah, I had a really bad relationship before. So for the whole nine months, it was very traumatic to be with a person who basically didn't want the responsibility of father, but then also made your life a living hell for choosing to be mother. Yeah. You know? And then now in the hospital, I had two injections in my spine because the first one I moved so then I had to get another one. And let me tell you, those spinal injections are no one's friend. <laughs> they are no one's friend. I mean, you're pregnant in nine months and they're telling you, don't move, stay in one spot. Let me inject you. I'm like, really? And there's I something have... coming out. <laughs> and I'm kind of in pain here, you know, 24 hours of excruciating pain. So after all of that, the operation, I bled out a lot and I was like a different color. According to my mom, I was like pale and like really like out of this world. Wow. So it was so traumatic for me that for the first six months in her life, I really don't remember. Oh, wow. I don't really remember holding her for the first time. I don't remember how that was to bathe her. I don't remember, I don't remember any of that. So I would have some videos or pictures from then mm -hmm. that when I look at it kind of, kind of triggers it, kind of, but I was so um, traumatized from that experience that my mind just kind of like blocked out that it happened. So as humans, we kind of are really, really good at adapting and yeah. like, dealing with stuff like as in yeah. general as humans we can deal with so much stuff um our bodies and our brains are just so crazy mm -hmm. cool that like they can awesome. uh the way we process things that our brain mm -hmm. if our brain isn't ready to process something completely it'll just shut that part down and move mm -hmm. on to the next thing i can, I've read so many articles on how people have dealt with traumas that like mm -hmm. during the trauma they don't mm -hmm. even remember being traumatized yeah just like during kidnappings you don't realize what's going on you just are survive mode mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. and when you're in that survival mode it's a whole nother ball game oh yes <laughs> Exactly. And that's why I'm like, I get you when you say you don't really connect to the fact that your mom is gone. Mm -hmm. I get that. I get that. And I know it's going to hit one day, like the reality of it is going to hit. But for now, 
You know, like you said, you had the two for all those years of therapy. I'm not ready to process her death yet, so I'm gonna exactly. stick it in this jar. And when I'm ready, yeah, I will. Yeah, but right now it needs to stay in the jar. <laughs> the jar's yeah, staying on the shelf. <laughs> exactly, and and you know that's your right because you need to live. And right now, living means putting that in a jar. That doesn't mean you didn't love her. You know, that well, doesn't mean you're not sad. You know. That just means right now, in order for me to live, I need to put this in a jar. And the then, difference between living and existing. Exactly. <laughs> and that's a thin line. I mean, that point right there is the definition of living and existing because it's a point of the reality of she's gone, but she's still not gone. Yeah. So see that line? This is like my hand. It's how thin thin that line is like right here is she's gone and right here she's not gone and what that means you know yeah. in order to process wake up the next day and to move forward for the next day it means right now I need the split in the middle right now and then mm -hmm. eventually you'll turn on one side and deal with one side and then deal with the other side but that is really the definition of living and existing because ooh, and myself live and exist in our own worlds, I find, you know? Mm -hmm. It might be Earth, it's as in we're on Earth, but we all have our own worlds. Oh know? yeah, absolutely. And I'm not gonna understand your world, I'm not gonna understand my world, but that doesn't mean that I can't respect your world and you can't respect my world. Mm -hmm. You know? And whatever works for you, works for you. And if that means that that's that, then that, you know, the meantime, being an amazing, happy guru and just spin that all over the place with your volunteering, which is awesome, you know, and you're giving back, which is great. You're 19, so you got a whole lot of history in that little body <laughs> of yours, <laughs> right? And the fact that your story, which we're sharing now, which is amazing, by the way, it is going to wake up some people neurons and be like, wait a minute, Ryan is just an awesome, bad chick who's just <laughs> amazing. And I'm here feeling bad for myself. And she's 19 and she's conquering the world. So what is my problem? <laughs> you know? And you have a long way to go still, but you know that. You know that you have a journey still and you know that oh, yeah. there's stuff you have to process and life is going to hit you with a whole lot more harder stuff than this yeah <laughs> i wish i could the say first that's the child <laughs> i wish i could say that that's the hardest thing you have to deal with but no it's gonna be <laughs> a lot more <laughs> doors slammed in your face and real life hitting you but i love the fact that you're looking at it from a point of view of i choose happiness i choose to be content and happy and fulfilled with whatever that means. Mm -hmm. And I hope to bring that out in people. And like you said, you know, you can't help the world, but you can help one person and then fully another person and so on. Yeah, you know, we can't help everybody, but we can help who we can. And like yeah. you said, you can leave the, 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 the horse to water, but you can't make it drink. You know, so that's a hundred percent fact. So 
We're gonna round it off. I'm gonna ask you one question that I ask all my guests. If you had to speak to someone right now who is in a similar position that you were of, I'm dealing with some stuff that was said to me that was really, really hurtful. I'm trying to process it, but I'm having a difficult time and I feel alone and isolated and scared and depressed and I'm confused. I don't know where to go. So if someone who is listening right now, probably they know someone like that in that mindset of, I want to be happy. I want to change, but based on what my life looks like now, I can't see the outside. I'm cause I'm on the inside. What would you then tell somebody like that? So it's rough in the moment. Every moment we breach is a totally new moment because we've never experienced that moment moment before and yeah. really we just need to take a deep breath and realize that the only thing that we as people can control is how we react to the situation i can't yeah. make a magic wand wave and have their hurtful words be taken away i understand that it hurts but you have a choice to allow it to hurt you or to allow it to teach you something. Why does this person feel this way about me? Sometimes there's no reason for this person to feel this way about me, but yeah. try to look in upon yourself, see, hmm, how can I use this to make myself stronger? How can I use this to make myself a better person? Every opportunity that we encounter is a learning opportunity, a way to change and better ourselves for the future. Yeah. And it might hurt right now, mm -hmm. but life is a roller coaster. We're gonna have our ups and we're gonna have our downs. Doesn't yep. mean that this up is our last up and it doesn't mean our down is our last down. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But we have that next up to look forward to, always. Mm -hmm. it will get better it will always get better it will always get better i love that on that note i think bam like boom you did great i mean what <laughs> it's like you were meant to do this. <laughs> this you did great i'm sure the listeners and the viewers are gonna have such insightfulness and definitely know someone they can share this information with because it can reach you on all levels whether you're 19 depressed or whether you're 50 and working you can relate to what Rihanna is saying because i'm relating to it <laughs> and i'm not 19 i'm relating to it i'm relating to it thank you i just want to say thank you for your patience with the internet issue <laughs> because you're good I was like, no. <laughs> so thank you so much. And thank you for connecting because that's what it's all about. You and your community service that you do, this is a form of community service that you literally just did with this interview because now you're on a global level helping versus only physically helping as well. You know, mm -hmm. so that happy guru I know that, that you are that comes from experience girl listen we need more of happy gurus like you because you bring real stuff you know you're not pretending it's hard 
but we're gonna get through it. It's gonna one day at a time. You know, I love that. I love that. So we're gonna sign off. Remember, don't leave. <laughs> okay. Um, so everyone, I just want to say thank you so much for tuning into Connecting Through Memoirs. And it's about realism here on our podcast. You hear the chickens crowing in the back. You hear sounds. That's on my side. That's not Priya. That's not hers. That's me. Because it is what it is, you know. <laughs> and I love this opportunity to speak to people from all over the world. She's right now in Pennsylvania. I'm right now in St. Martin. But we are connecting. And that's the most important part. So... Until another episode, make sure to subscribe, follow us, like us, everything. Connecting through memoirs, we're right there. And we'll see you next time. Didn't I tell you? Huh? Huh? Didn't I? I told you. Good tea indeed. Her gold nuggets she dropped for you to pick up are extremely valuable. One of my many takeaways was when she had the courage as a teenager to stop taking all those six medications and only started taking the ones that helped her. Thus, showing me just how strong she is. And I love that. Make sure to support Ryan by contacting her to do so. Check the description below, people. Also, if you have enjoyed listening to this episode, write in the comments what your gold nuggets were. Like, follow, join, share, and all that good stuff. Thank you all so much for listening and tuning in to Connecting Through Memoirs podcast. I truly hope that you have been impacted by this amazing story as I have been. Don't forget to follow us. New episodes will be posted every week on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So until next time, I encourage you to be an impact. Bye-bye.